This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Talk. I appreciate you being here. It is June 1st, the first day of trading day of the month of June. Or half, well, this will be the halfway mark for the, for the year. And I want to thank you for joining us Friday. I appreciate it. You work hard for your money, and so do we, and so do I. And I know you listen to Investor to get good, sound advice on how to grow it and protect it. I understand that, and I hope to fulfill that role. And I want to help. For KPP Financial, of course, that is our number one goal, to help you manage your money in a sensible way. You're not going to get rich quick. I don't believe in that, but you will You will and can get rich, but it's going to take time. Well, if you're disciplined about it, you, you, you just use your common sense and you, and you keep at it. You'll do You'll get rich. The phone lines are always open. They're open right now. Please give us your calls. 888-99-CHART is a number. And as it's Friday, our premium newsletter goes out today to the subscribers. It goes out every Friday. And I usually take a look at the news headlines and a few of the other things uh, to talk about. The, the stock market was pretty volatile this week, but the economic statistics released were strong and steady. That's, that was like the theme of the newsletter this, uh, this morning when I sent it out. Now let's get to the program, moving with one of your calls. Our anytime listener line now is open, 888-99-CHART. Here's a call that came in earlier. Hi, guys. I'm calling to ask your thoughts on debt. Look, what's your thoughts on the debt-to-equity ratio, the total debt divided by stockholders' equity? Where are you comfortable? Do you have a cutoff point when you just say, man, this is too high, I'm not going there? For instance, AT&T, from what I can tell, is between 98 and 112 right now, been as high as 164. They're looking at buying closing out Time Warner, maybe on June 12th when the court finally decides it, that will really push it up. General Mills just acquired Blue Buffalo and uh, added a ton of debt to their company. Where do you look at those, or, or where would you cut it off? Where would you say that I'm just not comfortable with this? It's just too much debt, and I'm not going there. Okay, my friends, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Well, that's an excellent question. I wish it had a simple or simplistic type answer. It does not. Having too much debt is one of the things you have to decide. Um, when they take on debt, for instance, if AT&T buys Time Warner, it's not just the debt. It's how much cash flow is coming from the purchase to service the debt. Or are they going to have to pay out, out of their AT&T's pocket plus the cash flow from the company they bought to pay the debt? It's always about, can I handle the debt? Think about you when you buy a house and how much debt you take on. It's not really about how much debt you take. Is that, can you service the debt? Can you pay that monthly premium? Can you, I mean, that monthly uh, uh, mortgage rate. And that's the same with buying companies. Okay? In general, if you want a general rule, we like to buy companies that don't have a lot of debt. There's your general rule. But then try to apply that specifically and you go, boy, this is kind of tough. Um, you know, big, large companies like AT&T or any, any big, large company, 
they have a hard time growing, so, you know, organically, it, internally. So one of the ways they can do that is buy other companies, buy their competitors, buy companies in some other um, market where they can grow. And that's and, and that sometimes that's a real problem. See, to me, I'm more worried about AT&T buying Time Warner because it's a whole different business. But at the same time, what are they trying to do? What's their purpose? They want content to push through their pipelines. Their and their pipelines meaning the you know the telephone lines and the wireless services and the the uh, the uh, Every, everything that they push out and through their pipeline, through their pipelines of their telephone and data services, and so content is very, very important. So they're buying content is what they're doing. Now, will they make it make it work? Will they make money at it? It's hard to know. But it's a very good question about debt. Um, and you always there is a point where I say I don't care for that debt. Uh, it's just too much. But I, it, you can't just say in general what too much is. I, I can't, there just is no way to say it. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, uh, taking a quick scan at the newsletter on the current market conditions, the first section. Um, I talked about this week's volatility and why we have volatility. I said it was, wasn't really about the stocks themselves. It was more about the Italian political situation and then, uh, and then whether they wanted to stay in the EU. Remember that was, uh, what, Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday, I think it was. And then the on again, off again, North Korea summit thing. I mean, this drives the market up and up and down, up and down. And then the new tariffs for steel and aluminum. Those were the drivers of the market. But surprisingly, surpri- I think the market took that news pretty well. I mean, normally, wouldn't any one of those things, not all three of those things, would have made the market swoon. But we didn't really have that. Really didn't. Economic news is good. Home sales year over year. Home prices year over year up six and a half percent. I mean, there's a ton of economic news coming out this week. And you know, I I noted that the the housing market, which is a pillar, one of the pillars in our economy, and is pretty strong, but we're starting to see a few little cracks in that housing market. But it was really strong. Stock ideas, I give you a couple good solid companies. In the portfolio management section, I observe when the stock market is down, typically the bond market is up and vice versa. So, you know, if you want to have to, to smooth out your portfolio, there's ways to do it. You know, be more diversified in different asset classes, real estate, alternative assets, gold, even art. You know, I mean, different asset classes out there, but you got to know what you're doing. And finally, in the consumer watch section this week, when buying a new or used car, there are specific times of the year, the month, and the day that appear to offer better deals than at other times. I go into a little bit of detail on that. So you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter on on investtalk.com, and there's a money-back guarantee. Just go to investtalk.com. Okay, what financial investment questions might you have today? I'm ready to start that part of the show here. Uh, and we're Friday. We have a weekend coming up, so I'm hoping that we'll get go out with a bang with your questions. You can call me anytime you want. 888-99-CHART is the number. So what's our feature talking point today? Can being a passive investor meet your goals? Well, I think we talked about that yesterday. So I'm going to pick a different one. Uh, so, 
where I'll, other topic points I want to talk about. How about the how about the what happens if the ECB and the Bank of Japan cut their easy money in stance? They have not done anything. By that I mean the QE is still full blown in the ECB and the Bank of Japan economies. I don't know, the EU and the Japan. What will happen if they start tightening? Also, I'll talk about the jobs report came out today. It was pretty strong, much stronger than expected. And, you know, there is a state in the United States that will pay you ten grand to move there. $10,000 if you move to a state. They just recently passed a law saying they're going to give people $10,000 to move to their state. Why would they do that? And which state is it? I'll share that with you today, too. Of course, the market, what did the market do today? Well, you know, we had a pretty substantial day. I mean, the Dow was up 219 points. The NASDAQ up 112. Now, that's 1.5%. There's where the rally was. And the S&P was up 1% at 29 points. So we've actually had a pretty good day. Um, and... You know, the market all week, up 200, down 300, up 200. You know, just pretty much what it was. But I think that, uh, I think we ended the week on a positive note as far as being positive or negative for the week. This is Invest Talk. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Here's something you should make a note of because time is running out. I'll be in San Jose. I will be there. You're running out of time. June 6th, this coming Wednesday. Wednesday. If you want to meet with me, now's the time to do it. A couple slots in the middle of the day are still open. So go to investtalk.com and click on, uh, 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 just click on anything to contact me. Contact us, contact Steve. You'll see it there. Time to give us a call. 888-99-CHART. the show with your live calls and questions. This is Invest Talk, the program that helps you grow your money. Taking your questions now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So our main talking point is going to be nine ways to reduce your health costs in retirement. Nine ways. Now, I don't know if all these ways are going to work, um, but the first one is to take preventative steps. How about walking, exercising, eating right? Yeah, that would do it. Now, that that is something everybody should do. And it's very difficult to do. I realize that. But you need to do it. Maybe t- uh, you can also take uh, you know, your flu shot, your shingles shot, things to prevent those kinds of diseases in your, as you get older. Uh, know your insurance policies, your Medicare policy. What does it say? What does it provide? What coverage? A lot of people have never even considered reading it, but maybe you should. And, you know, you can save on dental costs. If you live near a school, a dental school, that you realize they always look for volunteers for their students. And you can get very low-cost dental coverage, uh, dental services, if you go through a dental school to do it. 50% or more reduction. Take a look at your current medicines. Do you still need them all? Or maybe some you don't need. You just, you know, that's something to do. Um, be social. Believe it or not, there's been many studies showing that 
social elder people, when they're social and have an active social life, family, friends, whatever, you're healthier. You live longer. You're happier. And happy is healthier. Being happy is, is, has been proven over and over again it means that you are a healthier person. Being unhappy, you're, less, you're, you're more prone to illness. I don't know why. And you know what? If you do have an illness, make sure you manage that illness. Diabetes, whatever you got. Make, just make sure you manage it by doing what you're supposed to do to you know, uh, take your medicines on time, uh, do the things that, that's healthy. And I know it's hard and I know it's difficult, but most of us can do it. Can do it. Can. We can. Not can't. Can. Well, what do you think about the North Korean peace talks? Are we gonna is that gonna help the stock market? Will that actually help? Well, I don't see how it could hurt. Um, and I don't know if it's gonna happen or not. Uh, whether or not we'll get the nuclear weapons off the north, off that Korean peninsula or not, but it certainly is not going to hurt uh, hurt uh, uh, the stock market. Remember, the stock market always is worried about something, and when North Korea is lobbing missiles across land masses as it did last year, the stock market doesn't like that uncertainty. What's going on there? Markets like certainty. And any kind of peace breakout in North Korea is very helpful. Now, if we can only have the same thing break out in uh, the Middle East, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, we won't hold our breath with that. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem probable anytime soon. Now, when you've got questions about money or investing or financial terms, where do you go for answers? And I'm hoping you'll go here to Invest Talk. Call our anytime line. And record your question at 888-99-CHART or send a note to me directly. Click on Contact Steve, the Contact Steve link at investtalk.com. Remember, that's the same link you can use to, to begin the process of appointment to meet with me on Wednesday. So get your calls in right now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, you're investing. You want to make the right decisions. And while there are usually no completely correct answers, there are definitely some wrong answers. Invest Talk can help you focus on what works for you. Steve is taking your questions right now at 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Vitaly calling from Atlanta. Um, I had a question about Campbell's Soups. TTB. My question was, um, I currently hold the stock and there's been a lot of news. The CEO stepped down as well as ugly Q3 results. And I was wondering if this is a good opportunity to maybe double down on this stock or if you would recommend to uh, wait for it to stop falling. I uh, just want to get your rock, uh, recommendation on Campbell's Soups. Thank you. Well, Campbell Soup is uh, a $10 billion company, and they have fallen uh, pretty hard. A year ago, they were trading at like 55, 56, and today at 33. And they, and they really took a dump from 39 down to 34 in one day with their sales about, looks like about two weeks ago. 
sales uh, didn't meet expectations. Uh, mind you, sales were up 15%. Still didn't meet the expectations. So. Uh, they pay a 4.2% dividend, which is pretty high. So that's a good dividend. And the forward PE looks like around 11 or 12, and the range is 11 to 23. Return on equity is very high, 59%. That's very good. But they also have a lot of debt. I'm not sure why they have so much debt, and that, that's where I would worry about. Why do you have so much debt? Uh, you know, they shouldn't have that much debt. It's an old, big, blue-chip type company. Debt should not be something. Did you did you get it because you bought something? And that's probably what they did. And that apparently, whatever you bought is not working out so far. I would say, yeah, this is the area you'd probably want to pick it up. I would wait a little bit longer. I'd like to maybe see it start to move up in price. Maybe uh, break uh, up above its 10-day moving average, you know, or something. You need something to show you that it finally has put in a bottom, and so far we haven't seen that. It looks like it's trying to settle here in the low 30s, but I think you still have to give it a bit more time. Campbell Soup, everybody, C, P, B, C, P, and B. Okay, so we know what we did with quantitative easing, right? We lowered interest rate, we mean the Federal Reserve, and then to try to even put more liquidity in the system, we started buying our, uh, the Federal Reserve bought, bought bonds and jumped up their balance sheet, uh, $4, trillion, $4 trillion worth of bonds on their balance sheet, all in an effort to pump liquidity into the system to get the economy rolling. And they started withdrawing the liquidity a couple, two and a half years ago or so. Started withdrawing the liquidity here in the United States. But the EU, the ECB in the EU, and the Bank of Japan, the European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan, have not started to cut liquidity. They still have their bond buying programs in, the extra low interest rates. And this could be a problem. So they're still addicted to the liquidity. And they haven't been, you know, when I say normalize, I mean trying to get interest rate what it, it should be normally in a healthy economy. Economy, And the Fed, our Federal Reserve, is still trying to bump those rates, and we'll likely do it in June, bump the rate, to get to a more normalized rate. 2% is not normal. Normal is 3 It might be the new normal, but it's not normal when you look at history. But the ECP is still at zero. Now, we saw the, 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 the fragile nature of the, Euro, the, of the EU uh, when the, Italy was talking about maybe they might have new, relax, uh, new elections that they already just had not that long ago. Uh, all of a sudden, you saw a, a big financial fit in the European financial markets. So... It looks like it's pretty fragile. Well, what happens if they actually start to tighten? In other words, they get off the 0% interest rate and start moving up like our Fed. I think they're way behind the curve at this point. I think they're behind the curve. Now, we're also now seeing European economies starting to weaken. It got strong for a while, now it's starting to weaken. Not going to the recession or anything, but just weaken. So I think they've already missed their opportunity to get their rates up one or two, a half a percent, two percent, one percent, and I think they're stuck. I think they're really stuck. Do they move it up? Do they not move it up? 
you know, in the Bank of Japan, they should be, they're in the same boat. My concern is, what's going to happen when they do start tightening? What's going to happen to their economy? What's going to happen to the stock market? It's going to affect our stock market? Are we, if they catch, you know, if they catch pneumonia getting sick, will we catch a cold? You know, what, what will our Federal Reserve have to do because they have no room to loosen anymore in the next school, you know, uh, uh, economic contraction. You know there's going to be one. May, I'm talking about recessions. You know there's going to be one. I, I, it's not any time on the horizon yet, but it's coming. So, and if you're, if they're already at zero and uh, buying bonds, huge amounts of bonds, how, how, what are they going to do when the recession hits? That's one of the main reasons our Federal Reserve is trying to raise rates, trying to normalize rates now to fight the next economic slowdown by being able to lower the rates. Anyway, what's coming up on Invest Talk on Monday? Tips, T-I-P-S, tips to help protect your portfolio. Treasury inflation protected bonds we're talking about. That's Monday. But for now, I'm here to answer your financial money questions. 888-99-CHART. Our Invest Talk podcast continues. One of KPP Financial's solutions that help solve today's retirement puzzle is our balanced income portfolio. How do you get the income you need in retirement without the kind of risk that you don't feel comfortable with? That's what this program is all about. The balanced income portfolio from KPP Financial. And remember, as with each KPP program, the principles at KPP are invested right along with you. Would you like to know more about it? The Balanced Income Portfolio? You can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts, or you can ask Steve about it directly. Just click on the Contact Steve button on investtalk.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their stable income program means a steady yield for the risk adverse. Using KPP's extensive experience investing in the bond markets, the execution of a stable income strategy provides clients with an opportunity to invest in quality fixed income securities while retaining an emphasis on safety of principle and income optimization. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Get us your questions now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Mike in South Lake. How you doing, Mike? Good, Steve. How are you? I sure enjoy the show. Uh, thank you. Appreciate the call. I really do. We're uh, wondering about Codexus. It's uh, had a kind of meteoric rise. But I uh, wondered if you'd yes. run some fundamentals on it. It's cat, dog, x-ray, sure. Sam. Okay. Codexus Inc., everybody, headquartered out of Redwood City, develops enzymes for pharmaceutical and fine chemical production utilizing its codeleveler technology, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, it's an 800. Go ahead. Do you know what it is, Mike? No, I just know that it's a kind of a protein-type company, but I don't know what that word means. Okay. It's an 800 million company, so you know it's a small cap company. Therefore, it would be very volatile. Uh, they don't make any money. 
They made money in 2015 and 2016. Then in 2017, they lost 32 cents. And then they're going to lose 28 cents a share this year and 11 cents a share next year. Sales are growing at least the last two quarters. Before that, they weren't. But the last two quarters, they were growing significantly. Uh, 100% one quarter and 76% the most recent quarter. Uh, their sales are only about 20 million a quarter based on the most recent quarters. Before that, it was 8 to 10 million. So it's, you know, it's a pretty speculative stock. Um, okay. I would not buy it because the fundamentals are kind of poor. There's no earnings. I, I, I have trouble buying uh, anything earnings. So And they don't look like they're going to have earnings next year either. So they're going to lose okay, money. Okay, so it's just kind of been driven so, up by speculation that they're going to hit something big yep. or something like that. Yeah, so, something. Mm -hmm. they may have something in the pipeline that someone's really excited about. It's not drugs, but whatever it is that they're doing. Because there's no mm -hmm. reason that I can see that it should be going from $4 to $15 in a year. I don't see the reason mm -hmm. for it. So it's all, it's all a story, a story stock at this point. Good luck with Thanks it. I wouldn't much. touch Thank it you. though, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Right. Appreciate, appreciate the call. Co Codexis. Codexis is Inc. is the name of the company. It's simple as CDXS. CDXS. 888-99 charge. The charge report came out today. There was 223,000 new jobs for uh, uh, for for May, uh, and uh, drove the uh, uh, jobless uh, rate down to 3.8 percent. And that was an 18-year low, by the way. 18-year low. Retailers they added 31,000 employees. Healthcare added 29,000. Construction added 25,000, and manufacturers 18,000. Are the four top job producers. And I mentioned construction and manufacturing because those are the industries that have been complaining the loudest about having a hard time finding a huge shortage of skilled labor. That's been their complaint for months and months. But they're the ones that added the third and fourth most jobs in the most recent uh, jobs report from, for, for May. Now, pay also rose. Do you know what the average... A average hourly pay is in America. Do, do you have a guess? The average hourly pay it went up eight cents to twenty-eight dollars and ninety-two cents. That's the average hourly pay. Obviously, eight cents is not a tremendous amount of money. So between that and retail sales, consumer spending, you know, uh, we don't really have an inflation problem still. Uh, inflation is around two percent, right at where the Federal Reserve likes it or wants or targets what it wants to be, and we're there. So uh, there's really no reason for them to raise interest rates other than to stop being accommodative in the economy. In other words, take out some of the liquidity. So that was a jobless report. It was very, it was really a very good report, honestly. Uh, and it did revise up the last previous two months of jobs. I think it was 15,000 for total for the last two months before this one. So we're in still a very good shape. Our economy is still in very good shape. Over the past few weeks, we've been introducing you to the investment programs of KPP Financial. The Balanced Income, that's one of our programs. Uh, it's an ideal blend of growth and investment, and, and, and growth and interest income. Now, the primary 
the primary goal is income. Okay, the secondary goal is growth. So it's, it, it takes a more balanced approach and it's a bit more conservative than our other stock programs. So this is for the people who want less risk. They don't want a full market risk. They want less risk, they want income. I think it's, the, 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 I think it's producing about 5% right now, income uh, in the program. So you can see a complete description of it, of this balanced income program on investtalk.com. And I want you to ask your questions now by calling 888-99-CHART. Stock market corrections can be a good time to assess your risks. Did your portfolio perform above or below your expectations? If it missed the mark, maybe you're taking more risks than you think. Time to take the KPP Financial Risk Analysis Quiz. It's free of charge, and the quiz can identify the level of risk you are comfortable with. And it can tell you if your current portfolio matches up with your risk tolerance. Go to investtalk.com, click on the Invest Talk tab. We're taking your calls now at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, this is Keith. Let's see, you once said that you don't believe in bond funds because of the net asset value. Then you said, but that's another story. I'd like to hear that story. I, uh, I look forward to it. Thanks. Okay, bonds. I'll give you the story. Uh, all bond funds, ETS or mutual funds, all of them, not, not even just the bond funds, all bond funds that are opened in, at least not closed in, all sell out net asset, net asset value. The, the value of the holdings, net asset value in the fund. Now, if we're talking about bonds, what happens is the, the bonds held in that fund, if interest rates rise, the value of the bonds go down. Therefore, the net asset value goes down. I much rather have you buy the bonds and get a good diversified number of bonds and hold them in your portfolio. Why? Because you can buy them at or near par and you get the interest rate all through all the five years or two years or seven years, however long you hold it, and it will go back to par at maturity. So if you buy a par 10,000, you get at maturity, you're going to get 10,000. And in between, you get your 5% interest rate, let's say. So, yeah, that bond value may go down while you're holding it because if interest rates rise, yeah, it will go down, but it will always return to par. Where when you're in a bond fund, the bond fund can it will continually go down if interest rates slowly rise. It will go down and down. Yeah, you'll get the yield. You'll get the dividend, the, the yield, the bond payment, the the coupon rate, whatever they're paying you, you'll get that, 3%, 4%, whatever it is. But the overall fund will always, the net asset value will always go down because they keep reinvesting all the money. And they're not, uh, you, they're not an individual. They're holding this big pot of bonds and it's always going to trade at net asset value. It never goes back to par per se. Um, like it would if you held the bonds. So that's the difference and why I like, I don't really care for bonds. It's not that I hate them or anything. And if interest rates were going down, sure, buy bond funds. But interest rates are on a long-term upward swing. It's slow, very, very slow, but it's still upward. So it's going to have a hard time. Bond funds are going to have a hard time performing at their optimum. So therefore, buy the bonds. Buy the bonds yourself. Buy them direct. Of course, it's a difficult for individuals. 
because you don't have any you don't have any buying power. You don't have you don't you're not investing enough millions of dollars to to get a good bonds and get a good rate on the bonds. So, but it's a smarter way to go about it, in my opinion. Time for Invest Talk Personal. What does it take to be a successful investor? This is a question everybody wants to know, right? Everybody, you know, that I get asked all the time on my emails and on the radio. It's what does it take? How do you do that? Well. Well, I wish it was straightforward. It just isn't. It's not simple. So there are so many schools of thought, you know, on how to make this work, how to make money in it. And there's so many successful ways to do it. And you got to watch the fundamentals. you got to understand what the fundamentals are of a company. And you got to understand them in the context of its industry. And you got to understand the context of the economic cycle. And then that's not even counting the technicals of, what you should know, um, how the chart moves, and what are the patterns you need to know. So we like to say fundamental analysis tells you what to buy, and technical analysis tells you when to buy or sell it. When. Of course, economic bleeds all through all the areas everywhere. Okay, so it's very, very intricate. It's very, it, that's one of the reasons why I like it, by the way. It's, it's difficult to know all the stuff, and you're always learning, and it's changing all the time. And so, to me, it's not boring. Now, to a lot of other people, it might be boring, but I, I kind of like it. I kind of enjoy it. So, you have to master the information. you got to master it. The more you know, the more you will avoid the pitfalls that are out there. And some of the lessons are hard. And you have to learn the one of the most important lessons is that is to control your human emotions. You got to have self-control, buying and selling, and you have to recognize that there are emotions that are driving you. Sometimes it's hard to even know that it is driving you. That's the best talk personal. If you need some help with any of this, which everybody does, does including myself, we're help, we're here to answer any of your questions, any of any financial questions you might have. 888-99-CHART is our hotline. You can call it right now or make a personal note and send it directly to me at investtalk.com. Managing multiple mutual funds, researching professional services, where to put your savings. If it's about money and if it's important to you, we want to know more about it. We're here for you. 888-99-CHART is how to reach Steve or Justin right now on InvestTalk. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Ryan from Indiana. And my question is on RARX. I bought it back in December, and since then I'm about 25% down. So I'm trying to figure out if it's a good time to sell it. I know I've only had it for about five months, so I'm not sure if I'm being irrational or uh, if there is actually any reason to hold on to this other than I've seen uh, estimates being somewhere in the $20 range, and I'm trying to figure out if that's actually um, even a possibility. So I will listen to your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Well, I'm not sure who's coming up with that number. Uh, this is uh, RARX, is RA Pharmaceuticals, Inc., develops novel thera therapeutics to treat life-threatening diseases. Sounds really good, but it doesn't make any money. It has never made any money, ever. And it's a really small company, $240 million. Sales, they don't have any. Why would you buy this company? 
There's absolutely no reason to own this company. Now, in the last three or four days, it's moved up from $6 to $7.45. I think you sell this move. You know, if the first day it doesn't go up, I'd be out. It's, it's, it, remember, you're only going to buy companies that make money. You bought a story. And many stories sound really good, but they're just a story. You have to have the fundamentals in place, and the fundamentals are sales and profits. If you don't have sales and profits, you have, remember, you're buying a losing proposition. You're buying a company that's losing your money. Why would you want to do that? Would you, would you, would you, would you do that in your personal life? You'd go out and, oh, I'm going to buy this small operation over here because they're losing money. But I like it. has a good story. But they're losing money. Why would you buy it? Same thing with stocks. Why would you buy it? You better have awfully good reasons. But if you ever buy a company that doesn't have uh, any earnings or sales, just be prepared to lose all your money. If you're prepared to lose all your money, okay, you can give it a shot. I wouldn't, but you could. Let's talk to Fahim in Sunnyvale. How are you doing, Zah Fahim? I'm good. Thank you for your show, Steve. And thank you for the webinar. It was fun. It was actually quite educating. Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank um, you. My question was on REITs. I wanted to invest in REITs uh, as part of my portfolio, and I wanted to know if this is a good time, or should I wait till the interest rate uh, in June. I don't know. I think I think that 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 June rate, Fahim, is already built into the price of the REITs. Okay. Uh-huh. I I think I think that much of the rate increases have already been built in. You know, it's always remember you all, the investors always look forward, right? So we're thinking next year. Well, that means we price REITs already. You know, we already price the rates increases in it for. This year and next year, most of them already priced in. So, if you look at most REITs, they've already fallen in the last year. They've fallen. I think this is the time you start to look at them to maybe buy. I'm not talking about housing and apartment REITs. I'm talking about like a hospital REIT, you know, some maybe medical REIT or, you know, storage facilities REITs or office REIT or warehouse REIT, that kind of REIT. I think it might be a good time to look for him, Fahim, because you're going to get some pretty decent uh, dividends, really dead good ones. Thanks for the call. It's Friday, everybody, but I'll keep the lights on and remain here at my desk for one more segment. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Monday on Invest Talk, tips to help protect your portfolio. That's Monday. You know you've been thinking about calling Invest Talk. Well, now's the perfect time. Steve's here to answer your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. I really appreciate it. Love the show. I was just wanting to know your opinion on day trading versus swing trading. Thanks guys. Okay, uh, day trading is probably a pretty much guaranteed loser. Swing trading, you have probably have a better chance of winning, of making money. Day trade, everybody, is when you buy a stock in the morning, you sell it by the day, the day by the end of the day. So you buy it, buy it, buy it. You buy some shares earlier, well, however you want to do it. 
over any length of time, people lose most or all of their money doing that. Okay, it's very difficult. Of course, there are winners, people who do it and get it right. And of course, there's all kinds of software that convince you that it can work, and and you can do even you can even do the uh, uh, the the uh, fake trading, you know, the tr to, to test your theories and stuff, and you'll find that they work. But as soon as you put real money in it, you'll find that it doesn't work. Now, you can be right 70% of the time day trading and still lose all your money. Because what normally happens is when you're wrong, you're wrong big. When you're right, you're right small. Swing trading, that's a trade that you make for, for a few days for a few weeks normally, weeks, even a month or two. Swing trading, you're just trying to go with the momentum of the stock for over a shorter period of time. Not day, but over weeks or a month or two. Now, you don't care about day trading and swing trading. You do not care about fundamentals at all. You're only looking for momentum, either up or down. You don't really care whether, whether the stock is overvalued or undervalued. You just care about movement. And that's one of the reasons why it's so hard. You're not buying value, you're not buying dividends, you're not buying growth, you don't care. You just don't care. You're just looking for movement. And that is very fickle. Movement can change in a dime on you. So, so what do I think about it? I don't think it's a good way to make money over long periods of time. I don't. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, 888-992-4278. Okay. There's a state in the United States that has recently passed laws offering $10,000 for you to move to their state. $10,000. Why are they doing that? Because they have a declining and aging population. And they're trying to attract younger people. People are Specifically, they're looking for uh, telecommunicators, telecommuters, telecommuters to work at home, and so they're making it very uh, attractive to do so. And that's Vermont. It's Vermont. I think Vermont has a population of like 50,000 people, the whole state. Very small. They're also offering the corporations 125,000 in 2019 to move, uh, to move their operations there, and 250,000 by 2020. Now, when I say they're offering money, they, it's not a check. They're not offering a check. They're offering tax breaks and tax forgiveness. You don't have to pay their state income tax, or you get a, you know, you, you get a, a up to ten thousand dollars a tax credit that you don't have to pay. So pretty much giving you ten thousand dollars. And just so you know, Vermont is the ninth state uh, as far as the best state to live in. Ninth, number nine. And, uh, and it's like 70 factors they consider. Health care, affordability, quality of life. Now, I'm going to have to tie it. I've been to Vermont several times. And I've been there in the winter. And I, I, it's a little bit too cold, a little bit too bitter for me to live in Vermont. It's too cold. I, you know, uh, I, I, that, that to me really detracts from quality of life because you're kind of stuck indoors winter. Okay, yeah, you can go skiing. Yeah, you can go. But, yeah, it's cold and bitter all through winter. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, they'll pay you some money. 
Move to Vermont. Make some money. Hey, you can make 10 grand. I also read an article today on how many people are flooding out of California. Out of. Because of the costs. Can't blame them. Taxes. High cost of real estate. Uh, cost of living is really high. Huh? that. That's it for this hour, everybody, and this week. I leave you with a reminder that my upcoming individual portfolio review offer is on the table for San Jose on June 6th. That's five days from today. So I got, as I said, I have two slots open during the day. So you can register now at investtalk.com. Register, please, because I'll be lonely during the middle part of the day. Yeah, I can go eat lunch, but you know, usually I don't. I'm Steve Peasley, and for Justin Klein, we want to thank you for being with us today, and let's do it again on Monday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 